0: plushcare.com weight
1: Don't go for second best, everybody. Welcome to the football ramble. How about those derbies, eh? It's Monday, 16th of January. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Jim Campbell. I'm
2: Pete Donaldson, and I'm Hunter Raja. Uh-huh.
1: it's the start of the working week it's Monday we're together again dust yourself off from the weekend and uh, listen to us now Jim Campbell look at you smiling I'm just in a good mood (laughs) (laughs) oh it's top of the league Jim Campbell everybody (laughs) Pete's smiling and is smiling yeah you smiling Marcus? very much so Oh, are you having a go, are you? <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, Take yes.
3: weekend for most of us. Take your fucking penalties,
1: right? You <laughs> uh, okay. All right, all right. You've laid the gauntlet Do down. To... <laughs> and I'm going to have to pick it up again. Do you want another go at that intro? <laughs> <laughs> What would you rather, three points and those owners, or no, three <laughs> points and not those owners? <laughs> ah, God damn it. have yeah. have got, got a pull. me. You can't have it all, it would, <laughs> it would appear. Um, Jim Campbell, let's start with you. Your highlight of the weekend. Well, aside from the obvious, yes. which I'm, I imagine we'll come on to. We've got um, a whole section dedicated to your obvious uh, highlights.
4: Uh, another I'm, highlight. I'm going to go for uh, when Amadou Inanna scored for Everton. Mm. He looked down the camera and seemed to say, I'm him! Right, I'm him. Yeah, said it a couple of times, and I don't really know what that. I, mean, I do know what it means, but I don't know why he's saying it like that. And mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Yes,
2: that's a that is a thing. Um, I'm him, as in like I'm that guy. Basically. Right. Yeah,
4: I figured it'd be something like that, yeah. but I'd not heard it before. For I am 90 years old. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah and it ended happily ever after that day for <laughs> uh Peter your highlight of the weekend
3: uh, it, was, it just has to be Mitrovic's family <laughs> it was just robbed uh, he just he just loves Newcastle so much yeah. he just you know he re- he refuses to celebrate but he refuses to score.
1: Yeah, he was going Even to
3: celebrate. He was, wasn't he he? was, he he? was <laughs> already celebrating. We did
4: see him celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> At first glance, it looked like the sort of deftest penalty I've ever yeah, seen, and it then was you, nice. you realise yeah. there's an accidental reason for that. <laughs> well, it's funny though
1: because it sparked a chat about Mitrovic's penalties. He, he doesn't score no. that many. He's just a confident taker, mm, right? So yeah. he goes, "Give me right. that," and he goes, oh, "I missed. Well, well, I'll do it again." If you remember, you might not under Scott Parker when Fulham were up. There was this thing where Fulham just kept giving. They could nobody could score it's a penalty. A penalty yeah. so, yeah, well, you have a go, course. you have a go. So Mitrovic is basically like, I'll do it! <laughs> it's like, yeah, but their the
2: percentage is still not great.
1: <laughs> uh, but,
2: uh... His reaction when it was ruled out was not so much the, oh God, what a great chance to go ahead. It was more that, fuck... They're laughing at me. Yeah. <laughs> I've embarrassed myself in front of them. I was going to give it so large. <laughs> oh, dear. Well,
1: uh, there we are. Vish, what about your highlight of the week? My
2: weekend? highlight of the week it isn't quite a highlight, but it did show to me that even someone as big as Yerimina can be, you know, in certain situations, as meek as me in everyday life. And <laughs> right. it was when he was, you know, it was quite unsavory scenes at the end when um Everton players were leaving Goodison Park and they were confronted by fans. Mm. Yemina you know I mean? got out of his car um to um I suppose mm. chat to them really and it He's was a big guy as well. Yeah. He is a big guy. Mm. And it was when um one of the, the the main person, um main Everton fan who was I suppose like mm-hmm. doing most of the shouting, was like, you know, you won't be here when we get relegated next year and he was like, I will be mm. it's like, no you won't and he went I will. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll definitely. Ah, like, oh, you said you are going to get rid of it again, Ah, <laughs> got you there, didn't and I? It, it was just. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't say Yeremin is always the best sensing danger, but he did it very well then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, fair enough. Uh, my highlight of the weekend, it was. It was the second Nottingham Forest goal, and I could be even more specific. It was Morgan Gibbs White's involvement in that goal. Yeah. Right. <laughs> just- <laughs> Spectacular stuff! It was a great goal, and it lifted the roof off the City Ground. It was marvellous to see. But Gibbs White, when he does that overhead kick, and then he gets up and gets the ball again, and then beautifully plays in uh, Brennan Johnson, superb swashbuckling yeah. stuff.
2: Not not only plays in Brennan Johnson, but if you were told that, like, right, you're going to have two involvements in this move. <laughs> what are you going to do so, well the first one's going to be an overhead kick yep, easy yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it'll be a three ball with the outside on my right foot yeah exactly. <laughs> yes, wonderful that,
1: yeah. superb <laughs> yeah. absolutely superb um, so there we are there are our highlights of the weekend no doubt you've got your own um, let's uh, go to the North London Derby to start with Tottenham Hotspur got a big fat zero and Arsenal got two of those things we call goals Jim Campbell easy peasy yeah it's Sunday evenings like that I wish I had
4: a TV in my jacuzzi and um, <laughs> And a jacuzzi, but um, yeah, it was it was it was so enjoyable to watch. Obviously, really really stressful to watch because it always, always is. But after that sort of settled down, it was I was mm-hmm. really impressed by the different dimensions of Arsenal's play. And also, if you mm-hmm. think back to that that um, fixture last season, that was one of the hurdles which we just ran into rather yeah. than rather than hurdled. And the the it was a, I suppose a mental test. Um, to, to not be overawed by the occasion but their like, attacking prowess in the first half was, mm-hmm. was magnificent and we know Spurs are better in the second half and it was really interesting to me how Arteta seemed to have a plan for that and to just sort of accept that as reality. Mm-hmm. We know Spurs are going to come on you a lot more in the second half. Don't know why that seems to be so prevalent um, in, in their game plan but they did a, a, a really good job of containing that as well and what you know, we've been crying out for for a long, long time is, is control and and that seems to be the, the, the main feature of, of Arteta's game The
1: amount of times I've heard you say take back control, Jim <laughs> um, and it seems that Arsenal have uh, but, uh, but the game was really won in that first half and it's Arsenal's first away win at Tottenham in nine years a stat that might surprise you, Pete Donaldson no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, is quite it, it is quite surprising, though. When I saw that, I was like, well, surely not. Yeah, I, I mean, mm. I thought it would have been sooner than that. Yeah, mm. incredible. Um, Paul Merson, of course, didn't hold back on that uh, first half uh, Tottenham Hotspur performance. And the first half was embarrassing at the highest level. I've never seen a derby game like that.
2: He's not wrong.
3: No. I wasn't, I, but you've seen Spurs do this a lot this season, though, haven't they? They've yeah. had to pick things up in the second half because mm. they but, keep doing that.
2: Yes. But the way, like, Generally, I, I think I, I messaged in the um, in the WhatsApp group quite early on. Maybe it was only one nil at the time, um, but it had the feel of like a mismatch of the nineties, yeah. where it was like Spurs didn't have access to the same shops that Arsenal go to, <laughs> or like the same wares. It was genuinely quite surprising. I, I thought, I thought pre-match the Spurs might try and make it a bit more of a a, a scrap. I of thought that too because yeah.
4: they've got
2: the, they've got the players, particularly through the middle and in, in midfield. For sorry, through the middle of their team and in midfield, um, to do that, players who, who can play that mm. way and also stick to actual, yeah. you know, do the footballing side, rough as well. them up a bit, yeah, but, but while also with, without veering too much from their actually like on the ball game plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and as uh, I saw, saw a tweet from uh, a Spurs fan called um Nikki TY61, and he put it perfectly in terms of like it, it wasn't really a battle because you can't hit the other guy if you're 20 feet away from him, <laughs> yeah.
4: No, we, there was
1: there was very little
4: intensity from Tottenham.
2: Well, they I seemed to pack the defense didn't that. they?
1: I mean, it was much was made on match today about that back five. I wonder if they, the, the Conte looked at what Newcastle did at uh, the Emirates and thought, right, well, let's try and push them out wide. Mm. And old oh, Reese has gone and done that. No, but I, push them out wide <laughs> and, and, and let's contain. And then they seem to have a better second half generally. So I, I I don't know, but it, it was pretty piss poor, and it, you know, Spurs fans, rightly so, were very unhappy with that. But from an Arsenal point of view, Jim. Phenomenal, and Odegaard. You know, they were they were Arsenal at times. Were given so many ch- chances to shoot from range. Yeah. Now, again, I wonder if again you go back to that Newcastle game. Now, Newcastle were very good at putting them out wide. That was a great defensive display, unlike this um, Spurs side yesterday. But I wonder if they just thought, "Well, well, let's if they get to hit it from range, it's not it's not so bad." But actually, when you've got players like Odegaard in the side, you know, it was a, it was a phenomenal yeah, strike. He places his shots very, very well. Yeah. Mm. And Party, oh my goodness. Yeah. Was that a shinner? I
2: couldn't work it out. No. Guess... No. The ball can't move like that if it's a shinner. Yeah, but it.
4: It, at the same time, it looked like it hit his shin. Yeah, you know I mean? I, I think uh,
2: it hits the crux of the ankle, but I think it's mainly boot. I crux tell you what, the though, ankle. If, but if that was a shinner, my goodness. What shin? Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely sensational stuff. Um, but yeah, but so people criticise that Spurs display, un, you know, understandably. But Aaron Ramsdale was given man of the match. Yeah. so Made some brilliant saves. Yeah, and and, and I know that the Arsenal were worthy winners. And as I say, the game is pretty much one. Also, he in that. is one of their players he is. So, but it <laughs> shows you that he was called upon. Yeah. Because absolutely. if if it's a, Although if, if it's a game of, of complete control and dominance, then Ramsdale wouldn't have that
4: much to do. Yeah. I mean, the the Sessignon save was was particularly Very good, good. I thought and obviously there's the Harry Kane one late in the in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um but I I think the the pattern of the game you know, Arsenal were in control of it and I think that's why people are, why mm-hmm. people, it's just, it's people it's,
1: it's everybody saying it, people are saying it, it's just what people are saying. Right. <laughs> so, uh, well, we can't argue with what people are saying. We can argue with what people are doing though because somebody, uh, some little chap gave uh, Aaron Ramsdale a kick, didn't they? He got He aimed a kick at him, didn't he? I don't yeah. think he actually hit him, did he? I
3: think he got him on those little wiggle oh. pickers. He looked cool. like a little um, Dickensian urchin, didn't With he? With like <laughs> a desert scarf on. Yeah, yeah, very enjoyable. He had
1: a lot of... Very enjoyable. Different well, his look was very oh, his enjoyable. look, but his, his actions were Yeah, weren't.
3: exactly. Tiny Tim just swinging a boat at <laughs> Aaron Ramsdale, who could have eaten him.
4: Yeah it was enjoyable to be honest really <laughs> oh. oh, you've you oh, completely lost it you must have loved Aaron Ramsdale's like, attitude to demeanor, picking up where Ian Wright left off completely <laughs> yeah absolutely it's all part of the fun I also enjoyed um, Eddie and Ketia mm-hmm. absolutely shit housing a header over the line after Loris's mistake it's yeah. just it's, it's all those little <laughs> moments make this sort of thing fun don't
1: did they did you enjoy I think we all did uh, Vish uh, uh, Mikel Arteta in the celebrations and then suddenly seeing uh, Granite Jacka going yeah. over to the melee and
2: going oh no no let
1: you from that 2 year ban you're
4: about to get
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was I, I know it's obviously it was hilarious but it, it, i think it's a really good example of how he knows everyone in his squad but mm. <laughs> yeah. like he he was very much like with Ramsdale like mm. oh come on you've had a good game and Ramsdale actually is quite a clear-headed guy yeah. i think his mm. his um post match interview was Quite good. He, he basically kind of gave credit to some of the Spurs players for the way they reacted to that incident. Yeah. Kind of sensing how yeah. absurd it was that someone from the crowd was trying to get on the yeah, pitch yeah, and yeah. this, and that and the other. And also appreciate the fact that Richarlison's having to go at Ramsdale because Ramsdale was, was rubbing it in. Mm, and, yeah. You know, it, It's nice to have a grown up in that situation, talk yeah. about that kind of thing. And at the same time, Arteta sees Xhaka running towards the danger, yep, yeah. all told, and thinks, mm. right, he's not going to help himself here. Yeah, I yeah, need yeah. to help him. And I think there's, there, it's a really interesting thing. If you think back to May of last year when Arsenal basically lost fourth place because of that defeat mm. um, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, uh, Conte, uh, you know, I, I, that was the... Um, I, I covered that match for the Independent and in his press conference afterwards, Conte was running rings around Arteta, ridiculing him, you know, mm. patting him on the head, talking about how he was too emotional, almost talking like, yeah. look, This is big boy stuff. Mm. You're not quite ready for this. Mm. And less than a year, he's. Arteta did it tactically, did a number Uh on him. If you think of the way Spurs set up there, even two on three, it's a bad idea in that midfield. Mm. But it was almost like he completely forgot about how Zinchenko's been playing this season. Yeah. And the fact that he is operating as that fourth midfielder. Zinchenko, sorry, quietly, who I thought had a brilliant game. Mm.
1: Yeah. I didn't realise he was so good in the air. This leads me to think with Antonio Conte. I often say to him, ah, Conte's a winner. You know, you think about when he was, all, all those years ago when he was at Juventus and I know he won the title at Chelsea, he won a title at Inter so he's, you know, he's he's had a very impressive managerial career but are we seeing him slightly floundering now? It happens, you know, we we you know, players at the top level, sometimes might, people might say, you know, an average very, very good player will have maybe 10 years at the top level something like that. The same could be said for managers. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Do do? I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a difficult job for Conte. I understand he's come in, and, and, and there are there are better teams above them in the league. Um, I just, I just wonder. I, I he needs the
4: thrill of a title race, doesn't he? He needs the motivation of that, possibly. And, and, and I, he's not getting that here. But for whatever reason, he got it all but wrong. But I, I, it, it seems to me like he's not as invested in Spurs as he should be. To the point where he doesn't feel like. It doesn't feel like he's the leader of a team. No. It feels like he's a man doing a job yes, who, look at, who look at. oversees a, a group of people who themselves are supposed to be a team. It's so it, there's different. a detachment from him and it's it's not... It feels a bit...
1: They deserve better, to be honest. Well, it feels very, very different with, with Arsenal and Arteta. I mean, it's absolutely remarkable what's going on there, of course. And Arsenal are now eight points clear at the top of the league how, again I, I ask you Jim I asked you this early in the season how will you be celebrating the title <laughs> <laughs> I mean I'm still trying to be
4: as cautious as possible because it's Man United on Sunday still got Man City to play mm-hmm. twice um, injuries will, will hit Arsenal really hard so they've got to be clever in the, in the transfer market I, As I've mentioned, I have privately thought about that once or twice. Um, <laughs> which pit bull track have you gone for? <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I'll just put it on shuffle because they're all bangers, aren't they? <laughs> True
1: enough. That's the right answer. Um, but yes, Manchester United next. Obviously, that's a, a, a crucial one. Um, Huge game. It's a massive game, you, you, you have to say. Um, the only negative for Arsenal, of course, on Sunday was uh, Chelsea announcing their signing of uh, Mikhailo Mudrik, uh, who had been tipped uh, for a move to Arsenal of course uh, for a while Chelsea added uh, Mudrick's Instagram handle to their own bio before the signing had even been completed rubbing uh, salt <laughs> into those wounds yeah he'd been liking posts linking him to Arsenal for months but in the end Arsenal refused to match Chelsea's offer of 88 million pounds yeah wow. now I mean... I, the situation in Shakhtar has been very very uh, desperate of course because of the, the ongoing war there and I know it's a lot of players left and they didn't get uh, uh, yeah. fees for them and so on so that, that's why they were saying Look, we, we have to hold out for as much as we can for this guy so it's very understandable uh, from their point of view I mean to be honest with you, it'd be understandable at any time in their history because you know Chelsea have got tons of cash and, and, and so on but from a, from a Chelsea point of view that's an awful lot of money it's a huge mm. amount of money isn't it and it's, is it 400
4: million um Around that they've they spent before that in transfers, mm. it's a they've, it's a huge outlay, and obviously there's that eight year contract, so the amortisation is spread out, and it's it makes it you know more feasible for FFP. But potentially with contracts that long, there are may be issues down the line if players don't work out and they mm. become harder to shift. It's who who knows? It's, it's, it's
2: very uh, unlikely though, isn't it? When have yeah. Chelsea spent a lot of money on, on a player yeah. and it not worked out?
4: Romelu
1: Lukaku. i see Luka- what Luka- you're doing here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he did score a winning goal in the Champions League final, baby. He
2: did, he did. Um, th- that's the that's the thing a thing about this. I think it reflects well on the fact that Arsenal aren't willing to, you know, spend beyond their means to a point. Is I know it? that's not necessarily an Arsenal problem, mm-hmm. but in terms of they don't need to be held at ransom with that kind of stuff. Obviously, they do need to bring in bodies in January. That's there's no question about that. And the other thing is, there's you know, the co- the contract's an interesting one because you know if he if he's as good as people. Who know him expect him to be you know Roberto de Zerbi, who yep. managed him at Shakhtar said he's this guy's a future Ballon d'Or yeah. winner. Uh-huh. Um, you know if he if he plays well next year yeah. or rather in a year's time he will get a new contract. That's yeah. how yeah. these yeah. things work. But also there's no guarantee of any kind of immediate success with Chelsea because of the way Chelsea are at the moment. Mm. So I don't know. It's not it's not as a bigger blow to Arsenal as you know the the internet accounts will make it seem yeah
4: but i i think the, I, I really like arteta's comments about how arsenal need to be disciplined in the transfer market because of, he, the building of of the squad as he wants it is is quite a delicate thing mm-hmm. and there's there's only going to be so much money to go around and he's going to you know they they need to say no when they can because i mean bigger picture aside from this season he's trying to build a squad that can regularly feature in the champions league mm-hmm. and that is it, it's expensive but it means you can't get many misfires, you know, and you can you can probably get more than one player for mm-hmm. for that amount of money, oh, and, yeah. and especially someone coming into a position where they're they're likely not going to be first choice. Mm-hmm. Um, he he is, you know, inexperienced. It's a little bit of a gamble because I mean he looks like the he looks fantastic, but there's only a very small sample size to go on. So I, I think yeah, it's um, I think he it, has it's, to... the, it's the right thing for Arsenal to do, and I think actually this could be a bit of a disaster for the market. This transfer. Because it sets a pretty, pretty bad precedent. Yeah.
1: In terms of th- these huge fees. Yeah, I, th- I think unless he goes on to win the Ballon d'Or, I don't think this is bad for Arsenal because it, <laughs> because it's such a huge fee. Um, so uh, yeah, cover for Joao Felix though while he's out, um, gentlemen. Uh, is there is there not one but two Manchester clubs in the title race now? Manchester United beat Manchester City two one, and there they there, there's talk of the title fish. There is. T- <laughs>
2: It wasn't, no, don't do this. It He's wasn't leaning on his mic. It wasn't
1: do not, do that not do long this. ago. Don't do this. Brentford won 4 0 when Manchester United came to town. wasn't
2: that. I missed those I was, days. Yeah, I was,
1: I was with him. You should have seen his little face. <laughs> wasn't each that long in. ago when Manchester City beat Manchester United in this very fixture 6 3. And now look at yours. Right up there, just one point. Behind Manchester City, two one at the Swamp. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they are a little bit off Arsenal, of course. Uh, 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 Manchester United. Uh, to, I mean, it shows you how good Manchester United's season are. It, is they're keeping pace with Newcastle United? <laughs> yeah. uh, that's, that shows yeah. you how good yeah. It is. So um But it was uh, it was controversial, of course. Pete Donaldson, because Bruno Fernandes' first goal should never have stood in a million years. Nah, it's fine isn't it. It's fine isn't it. <laughs> Pete, go on. Then what's your
3: take? I think um, I think the rule. Uh, the, the word in the rule or the law or whatever you kids call it these days uh-huh. I think is uh, that's significant is um, he's offside if he does something that clearly impacts on the ability of, of the opponent to play the ball why do you need the word clearly in there because <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing that they can go Ooh. Uh. I mean that's the kind of thing you go well see the clear is not. Mm. It's, it's um that's the thing that's derailing the trend for me so I guess yeah I mean was it clear was it not I mean He's on the ball, so nobody can inhabit that three dimensional space mm. that he is inhabiting. Yeah. So he's shielding the ball somehow. I just
1: you know, it was just a piece of shit, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. It really was. And on match of the day two they highlighted. But it's
3: nothing to do the referees. The referees yeah. did it the referees applied the rules correctly, the laws of the game correctly. Yeah. But they uh, but but the 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 law's an ass.
1: It is, yeah. I, I thought they highlighted really well on match of the day two because they they at one point they um uh you know faded out rashford from the the picture so you could see what they were looking at it was like, so if he's not interfering with play then the goalkeeper should be looking at bruno fernandes and all the rest of it and it was clearly that he's interfering with play i mean i just wonder with that rule i i honestly like years and years ago we remember if you, if if someone's offside they're offside yeah that's it. End of. And it was frustrating because if they were the other side of the pitch, you were like, oh, but they're not. Yeah. they're not interfering with play. But mm. he's offside. Yeah. So everybody understood that. Yeah. Again, whether it's a toenail or daylight or shoulder, whatever. That's we're actually not arguing about yeah. that. So that was the that was the rule, and 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 everyone was was you know okay with that, whether you liked it or not. You knew where you, you stood. Pun intended. So uh, you then change it to, well, that's a bit rubbish because there was a great goal scored and the guy on the other side of the field, you know. So let's do interfering with play. And it's painfully obvious, but the problem is with, with the, the, these rules and, and VAR highlighting it, not that it was VAR uh, this time, of course. I honestly think you should have in there, if he's interfering with referee, uh, referee, sorry, if he's interfering with play, it's it's the referee's discretion.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, I honestly yeah. think that is that is as neat and tidy as you're going to get this. This is not uh, will the ball has the ball crossed the line. This is this is this, well, <laughs> this you're, rule you're is is, to, is tying us all up
3: in knots. Dehumanize a, a very human experience. Exactly. I suppose, but I'm, I would just say at the it's end the of every spirit of that law. Every law should just come. The last last line should be but let's not be silly. Like, it's just, <laughs> and that would just be everything. Yeah. And then they got, well, we've been yeah. silly there, I think. so. Well, that's it. VAR decision, well, silly. A mate, silly. A,
1: mate, a mate of mine went to see Aussie Rules once, many years ago, and he was trying to get, what what, on, what are these rules about? Mm. He didn't know. And he said to this chap who was next to him, who was uh, trying to explain it, and he said, so how many steps can you take with the ball? Now, I'm sure there's probably a very simple answer for this. Yeah. But it was, the guy went, well, you can you can take a cut. And he said, but he took like four, and he did it. And he's and he, like yeah. We just don't take the piss, <laughs> <laughs> and I think yeah, that is the spirit of this stuff, isn't it?
4: I mean, what's been lost is it's really, really clever play from Rashi, isn't it? He's in brilliant form. Yeah.
2: It's, it's not though. I, you know what I d- think? I, no, no. I, I, don't, they, I think they got lucky, didn't they? I think they made. But the... He
4: was trying to hit the
1: ball.
2: <laughs> He's trying to kick
1: it. Well, no, what, but it was <laughs> well played from Fernandez.
2: <laughs> from Fernandez at the last moment. I, I think people were giving um, Rashford and Fernandez a bit too much credit there. That like it was really smart that he was you know, running alongside the ball and not touching it. Yeah. Like, no, he had every intention to play it. He just thought that, you know, it, it, he would have played it right to the very end had Bruno not given him that shout. Jonathan Wilson wrote, Rashford essentially played the most protracted dummy in history. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was basically dribbling with the ball. Yeah. That's right. But then, of course, he got the winner. He did.
4: Yeah. He got the winning goal. It was goal. a great turnaround, wasn't it? I mean, aside from the boring kind of off- offside chat, mm. it was a really, really strong performance from Man United. Such yeah, a have been around. enjoyable,
2: Vish. Yeah, well, it was the most um, controlled we've been over Manchester City since I, I can remember, mm. really. Um,
1: well, since probably Ferguson days, you'd argue, maybe.
2: Yeah, yeah, maybe. I, I think there was also a, a sense that, um, you know, the, the run that Manchester United run, you could, you know, there were arguments put to them that the teams that were playing weren't necessarily in good form. But I think I, I found watching them that we had a, a degree more control. There was a, a lot more purpose in the way United were playing mm and Things like that, and that kind of came to the fore then. Um, especially going at 1-0 down. I mean, I don't think many exactly, people would yeah. have had
1: first goal, first goal scored by Jack Grealish with his head. <laughs> yeah,
2: think. well, but I think it was the first time in 18 months that City haven't won a game that they've led,
1: yeah. And and
2: that they've taken the lead, yeah,
1: of course. Yeah, you know, absolutely incredible. Yeah, when they get the breakthrough, you think, oh, okay, here we go. But the fact is, Manchester United nullified Haaland, um, they, they didn't concede that many chances. Okay, they get an, a huge slice not just a slice a whole cake of luck with that that equaliser <laughs> but then what, what do you do with that and they go on the front foot and on comes Gunacho who loves it doesn't he what an yeah. impact sub he's been so many times
2: he's wonderful yeah you know
1: it mm. gets the ball and and again even even in the goal you know he goes to cross it and the ball bounces back to him you get the rub of the green what do you do you make use of it and there's rashford to tap in you know an amazing turnaround and it shows you the the confidence and the plan that Ten Hag has instilled
4: Absolutely. in Absolutely. I mean, we, we've been talking for, well, years really about how Man United's midfield is what lets them down and it's the, the obvious kind of weak point in their game. And Casemiro and Eriksen in particular... Casemiro's uh, been a big sign. Like, it's been huge and had a really immediate impact. And obviously Eriksen has been quietly brilliant and, and just pulls strings all over the place. Like it, It's so much improved and it gives them so much of a sort of a much more solid foundation and, and as Bruno Fernandes has been saying this week you can see that they're playing as a team they've mm. got a plan they understand each other they're playing for each other but it's it's a a proper a, team a, some, that works
1: hard for, a proper team but, were his so, words yeah.
4: well, indeed but which so, is you know it shows you what was going on before yeah like specs couldn't get that going for whatever reason but like, <laughs> like Aaron Wan-Bissaka has greatly improved Luke Shaw is, is apparently well, a brilliant centre-half half yeah. now like, Fernandez and, is, is, and has really brilliant.
1: been consistent Maguire and came on and made sure they got over absolutely. the line absolutely <laughs> yeah, um,
4: and also Marcus Rashford looks like the main man now and it mm. suits him it it, it. it. they are so much more of a coherent team are,
1: are they mm. back a Man United back yeah well it's, it's I then, think it was but,
3: all about his back wasn't it his shoulders you know, yeah. like, kind of, I should say that he became
1: the first Man United player to score in nine consecutive home games since 1959 but I mean all this talk we're getting sort of very excited on Manchester United's behalf Um, but Eric Ten Hag said of any kind of title talk he said the fans may dream but we are not it yeah, can. I mean, I it, think it can't happens. get any better than this. It just, just can't. I no dreaming.
2: T- t- I think the title <laughs> talk is, is nonsense. It's honest. called the theatre of dreams, mate. You <laughs> mm. <laughs> can have just water down. Your yes, dreams? there's some rats, <laughs> but it's still called the theatre of dreams. Eat less cheese before bed. You yeah. don't need to be thinking that, dreaming that wildly. I think on, I... on Rashford though, um, Pete mentioned it there. Uh, there was a period uh, maybe about twelve months ago where I was actually quite sad watching Rashford because mm. it felt like we had wasted his best years in terms of uh-huh. feels like his, his you know there was it felt like a case of arrested development mm-hmm. in terms of he was not really improving um it feels like he he became one dimensional because of the lack of coaching i suppose yeah.
1: but the body language as well everything you thought is his confidence shot? Is he going to go on loan? Is, is yeah. this the kind of the beginning well, of he, a bit he, of a dip?
2: But he had an important operation at the um, after the Euros. He then um, seemed to d- rediscover his pace as well. He looks a lot more robust. And because of that, you get a situation like that happened on the weekend where he has this hip in- issue yeah. that takes him to the floor. He just about makes it to half-time and he comes out and plays the rest of the well, game. Well, I thought
1: he was done. So did I, but yeah. there you go, gets the winning goal. Martial
2: is one that's hooked. And yeah, yeah. he's Incredible game for a minute.
1: Quick word on on, uh, Manchester City, Peter. Um, Erling Haaland is yet to score in 2023. Is (laughs) he a blonde
3: fraud? Big blonde fraud, yeah. (laughs) I just think that De Bruyne is just not finding him anymore. I don't know whether they've had a falling out or something, but just second second half, he just sort of was drifting very deep to try and pick up the ball. Well, I'm not going to pass to you. I'm not going to pass to you, yeah, exactly. Mm. But you sort of think that, like, City could do with just thinking about maybe relinquishing 10% of that possession and just trying to sort of risk... Losing the ball in attack, sometimes mm-hmm. you know what I mean. They're so focused on on possession. Uh, it, it, it might be nice to sort of just give Ireland a couple of 50-50 balls to squabble over with the <laughs> defender, cause otherwise they, because otherwise they're you'll just probably so, win them. Because He'd probably win them, yeah, and probably slot home. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah.
2: an interesting point because I don't like some of the bollocks talk on the weekend. Is like, oh, um, are City better without Haaland? It's like, well, we know exactly what they're like without Haaland, yeah. You know, they've won league titles without Haaland, yeah. yeah. But the reason here he, that's yeah. time going forward, <laughs> yeah. But the reason they signed him is because of what he did at the start of the season, and what mm. we know he can do, yeah. So he's going through a bit of a bad patch at the moment, despite the fact that he has scored four goals in his last six games yeah. and he's, since the World Cup. Uh, and he's and he's a little bit injured,
3: isn't he? He's got he's got he's got a foot injury, and that's important to a footballer having <laughs> yeah, a working foot. So, but 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 Man City sort of defend so high up the field, it just squishes the play a little bit, and it means that like Holland just can't get behind. Yeah. And it's just, I just pull back a bit, Hit him on calm the break. it down, and, and play a bit more of a counter attacking game, and which plays into his strengths, I think. Mm. I, well, yeah, I, I, just, I they say football fans are fickle. Harlan just goes like
1: <laughs> oh I see they're better off yeah. without him if you like, look, how did you see the first like, if, you the, uh, if
3: you look at the league table like well. Spurs uh, have got I mean Spurs and 5th who are having a fucking nightmare season have got the same like form as Man City yeah. and they're playing each other next mm. that's going to be an interesting little yeah, very yeah.
1: interesting very interesting well all this talk about uh, Pep Guardiola um, you can find uh, more of that on Wednesday because you can listen to the Football Rambles guide to Pep Guardiola it's the first of a special two-parter on Pep and Jose Mourinho with myself, Vish and Andy. I humbly say to you, it's a great listen. Uh, So keep an eye out for that in your podcast app and I think you're going to have a lovely old time. There we are, everybody. Right, let's have a quick break.
4: Average performance, average cup tyre in that we
1: allowed them to win 4-0. Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. Oh, poor old Frank. Uh, Right, um, Premier League, more Premier League, give it to me, baby. Mm. Uh, Brighton 3 Liverpool, nil. Hellfire. Only Manchester City, Arsenal and Spurs have scored more Premier League goals than Brighton this season. They're not missing Graham Potter, Jim. No, they're not. It's, it's uh, I love that for Welbs as well. Absolutely
4: brilliant finish from
2: him. <laughs> what a goal. Was that,
1: was that, for a Manchester United fan, was that almost as satisfying as the Manchester derby
4: win? <laughs>
2: I'll be you honest. What, he's, he's, I mean,
1: I was really pleased for him
4: as well because he's done the rounds, isn't he? Well, true. Is.
2: Yeah, I'll be honest. It's the first time in a while I've watched match today from start to finish. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, what well, a gazaresque! Would you say?
1: I would. I would go that far. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a damning uh, goal and, and showed you. What Liverpool are up to this uh, this season yeah. so far, but Brighton. Um, let's let's start with them because because they were brilliant. I know people say, oh, well, were Liverpool bad because Brighton brilliant. No, Liverpool were just bad, mm. but Brighton can also be brilliant at the same time, you know. And they were, and they've have had. They a great set season. the agenda, didn't they? Completely, they were they were superb, uh, and they're they having a lovely old time. I mean, there they are in, in in seventh. They've got a couple of games in hand on Fulham. They have got one game. If they win their game in hand, they'll they'll go um, uh, joint fifth with Spurs uh, on thirty three points. But they would go above them on goal difference. Um it's a it's, it's a fantastic, a fantastic uh a season they're having. And Solly March, I mean, Vish you were tipping in for England ahead of the World Cup mm. and everybody laughed at you. Well, <laughs> you have to
2: say they're not laughing now. Or are they? All I'm gonna say is if Luke Shaw, you know, continues in this Maldini mould, <laughs> centre, centre back, Solly March it left. It's there. It's all there. Ooh, well, it's, it's all there. A bit too attacking. But so, so I think one of the the interesting <laughs> things about I suppose Martin, particular in this game, is the runs he was making really, yeah. and it shows that you know Potter did a good job at Brighton without question.
1: Yes, and he shouldn't be forgotten actually because yeah. he set the template and set them up.
2: And I think the the great thing that Zerbe is doing now when you watch them, is. He hasn't tinkered with any of that. Mm. He's like, right, how can we make it better? Why don't we make it a bit more incisive? Yeah. And so when you've got your right wing back, you know, making runs across the field, mm-hmm. you know, diagonals across the field, you're like, right, this is fascinating. Yeah. The way he's got them moving seems that little bit different. They, mm. there, was a, there was a stage when, you, when, you, when I rewatched that Liverpool game where, and Klopp alluded to it at the end of the game, it's the first time in a while that I've seen Liverpool a bit scared
3: yeah. yeah, they yeah. seem
2: to think fucking. They're just coming at us from all directions.
3: Matoma yeah. had the keys to the, that side of the case how,
1: yeah. how good <laughs> yeah. is he? <laughs> so good you. But you are right though, Pete, and I think that what 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 Brighton do is they they're having a great season. No two ways about that. De Zerbe obviously knows his onions, and when Liverpool turn up, they're all at sea. I mean, Deserby himself said he was surprised at how Klopp set up tactically. Well, again, it's the lack of intensity, isn't it? It's like what we were saying about Spurs. But it's not so just it's that; just it's the f- tactical as well, Jim. Because he could, he looked at it and was like, "Why have they? Why have they lined up like that?" They smelt blood and it shows mm-hmm. you that the, the confidence and the intelligence of those Brighton players to spot that and go, right, okay, we've got our plan, but there are more weaknesses here. There are more openings here. Well, we'll bloody exploit that then as well. And they were they were phenomenal. Um, and this is, of course, without um, Leandro Trossard, who was dropped for disciplinary reasons. And mm-hmm. De Zabi seems to have conducted himself in, in quite a, a sort of, well, a, well, a decent way. And he, he said, you know, Trossard's a good guy, you know, he's a good player and I would know, we'd have him back, all that kind of stuff. But it looks like it's getting to the point of no return. I mean Trossard's agent has since released a statement saying he wishes to leave the club after being humiliated by the Brighton boss. Now we perhaps more will come out and we'll and we'll discuss it. But you know just judging on the performances and results, it certainly didn't seem to affect Brighton that day. No, absolutely not. And it's uh, be interesting to see what
4: happens there. It looks like Trossard spotted an opportunity to to maybe Get a move now for some big money because he's in good form. He's what twenty eight, mm-hmm. so it's, it's it's an opportunity there. But yeah, I mean that's impressive, isn't it? To, to lose one of your one of your really your best players and your mm-hmm. your most experienced operators that, that you know, the team is, is is you know has been heavily rely on at, at times in the past is is brilliant. And it's Zerbi It looks like he's been there for years. Yeah, you know I mean, it looks like he's built this team in his totally. image and and that they they are fully bought into his philosophy, which clearly they are. But the fact he's got them playing like this so quickly, he's clearly,
1: he's taken what he liked of Potter's game, kept it and, and finessed it really. It's oh, what, so what impressive. What a handover, though. And again, people go on about how well Brighton a run. This yeah. is h- huge evidence to suggest that that's the case.
2: Well, I mean, that handover is a perfect way to describe it. Bear in mind, like they deserve credit for the way they're able to, you know, just find players mm. and bring them in and play the same way. To do that with managers is something else. Yeah. That takes a lot of, mm-hmm. a, a lot of time and effort that, Clubs with greater resources, and one of those resources being time, mm-hmm. that some clubs don't do yeah. and, and seem incapable of doing. It's it's remarkable, really. But on on, on Liverpool, it's funny you say, like you know, that they were surprised the the way that they set up. When you look at that eleven that they put out on paper, yeah. It's still. It, it, but it's an 11 we we would predict, really. Yeah. And it's interesting, like, having... I think it's how it was deployed, but yeah, I take the Yeah, point. but but in terms of, like... Well, speaking to some uh, Liverpool-supporting friends over the weekend, the conversation that they've been having for a month in the pub has basically been, like, Salah's contract, yeah. getting rid of Mane. Yeah.
1: Well Mane going. I
2: don't. Go oh, well, sorry, sorry, OK, yeah. But that was... A, that Let, was letting Mane go. It was very off, clever from Mane, though. Yeah, yeah. But, but the real sense of, like... Should they, you know, have have they been making the wrong moves? Also, little things that seem in, inconsequential at the time because of the way that Liverpool is spending. But think of someone like Minamino, someone like Naby Keita, those players. They envisaged them being ready for a, a you know, mm-hmm. to use your word, a handover of sorts mm-hmm. from that midfield. At this point in time, and it just hasn't worked out.
1: No, and I, I mean they've, they've they've got injuries to key players, of course. I mean, yeah, a lot of injuries. You know, as well. Diaz it, it, Diaz was a great signer because he galvanizes, he, he yeah. drives them forward, really, really. But I actually think Nunez has been that as well. I know his finishing might not be up to scratch, but I think he's been, you know, agent of chaos and all that kind of stuff. People call him, but he gets you get he gets you going. Yeah. He, he make there's stuff happening, and it needs to be a little bit m- more finesse, but it's there. Jota's uh, yeah, injured. Yeah, I was going to say that. I mean, yeah, I think exactly. That's that's been forgotten about. A little bit from perhaps from, from know, the outside I'm sure Van, Van but uh, he's, I mean he, he hit the ground running for them and, and was yeah. such a yeah. brilliant option but I but I think this is all actually I think we can talk about the injuries but again you look at that starting 11 it's I think it's actually it's not even papering over the cracks I just I, I I'm you, you saw Klopp after the game you saw you heard his comments I, I think you know what, what I was talking about Conte earlier was is he kind of losing his grip on things and so on it it's surely is the same for Klopp I think in, come the summer I think there might have to be difficult conversations I don't know I don't think he'll ever get sacked from what he's done unless you know two, three years we're still there Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <coughs> excuse me um, but I, you, 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 we've, people have mentioned that whole seven year thing with Klopp you know the type of football they play is incredibly in, you know intense you know, heavy metal football all that kind of stuff they were two games away from one of if not the greatest season of all time Last last season, you, you, you it feels could like say. so much longer ago. But doesn't it then? just and it, but but it, that is the case. You know, it went down to the last day of the Premier League season, Champions League final. It was still a successful season. Of course, they won two trophies for crying out loud, and getting to a final in the Champions League is no mean feat. You have all that. You have a team that have been playing this type of football for so long, so long it's not the same as it is at manchester city manchester city have got more money so you know but liverpool have spent but city've got more money but the type of football guardiola plays i know he's very intense character as well but it's not what it is at liverpool and and we know liverpool have been busting all of their guts to keep up with city in another era if you didn't have man city playing this type of football maybe it wouldn't be so Liverpool wouldn't look so exhausted, but I, I I just wonder if they can turn it round with Klopp at the helm. You'd, well, prob- because- you'd
3: probably say that both Man City strikers and Liverpool strikers are starved of service as well, though, wouldn't you? Like the way that they played... Uh, well, Trent's trying his so. best
1: in terms of attacking football. But they look yeah. really isolated. I but think. they did. I mean, they didn't even score, for crying out loud. But I just think with, with with what is going on with Klopp, you can also see him trying to do things tactically different. Now, The case that obviously with this game, but we've also seen it as well, the way he's been deploying Thiago Alcantara. The way that um, he's trying to draft in a few more players, you know, is is Kakpo mm. the, the the man that they need? He's obviously a talented player, but is it kind of well? We'll get him just because we can. Mm. I just I think with Klopp, Chelsea-ish, wasn't it? <laughs> a, bit, a little bit you could argue. But I think again with that intensity of the football, Klopp is thinking, yeah, we can't do this right. I'll have a rethink, and it's kind of like, but that's your that's your trick, mate. Mm. And it's a phenomenal trick. You've you've provided us with one of the best teams in recent years yeah. who have, have achieved phenomenal things to try and teach. This well, not an old dog, but do you know what I mean. New tricks. Well, I mean, I mean the, the, the people have spoken a lot about how maybe
4: the dog is aging a little bit. Well, you know, perhaps. you know, perhaps Van Dijk and Matip aren't what they were, and Fabinho and, and Henderson in midfield as well. Have, have, obviously, James Milner is about forty-five. Like there are, <laughs> there are, the, 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 there are areas of the team that that are have perhaps aged out of their peaks, and yeah. I think the question is, is that. Teams inevitably have to have a transitional period after a a, a cycle that's been really, really successful. Ferguson was so good at that. He was, and I mean it's not unreasonable for Jürgen Klopp to maybe have a season like this, but all all the best managers Mm -hmm. have to have to deal with it. So is it the case that it's better to let Klopp sort of, you know, regenerate Mm -hmm. what he wants Liverpool to be and what we know Liverpool can be, or do they kind of have those difficult conversations and think about someone else? I mean, I don't know if there is
1: someone better than Klopp that can come in. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's a fair point. And I think that that's, you know, Klopp will still be there. If he wants to still be there, he will, even if they finish like seventh or something. So next season, it will be interesting. But he, but if he can't pick it up, you know, it will soon be quite clear um, to see. I mean, I, I, I don't even think... I think they need a whole overhaul of the squad. Because again, Klopp needs to go back to what he does. And I don't think he can suddenly start playing a different type of football and so on. He, he, what he does, what he's brought to football has been phenomenal. He's been one of the best coaches in modern years. And and what he's done at Liverpool, as I, as I stress, has been so, so impressive. But I think you—it would be kind of maybe even gutting that midfield quite largely, or certainly bringing big plays. I mean quite interesting that a Spanish newspaper has claimed that Liverpool are planning to offer either a, a coaching or a scouting role to Jude Bellingham's father uh, to convince obviously uh, him to who, who are you scouting now well it's a, one of my sons actually it... well they are apparently also
4: weighing up an offer for uh, for his, his brother Job yeah Beningham. get them all so, in yeah but I mean this is the sort of stuff you have to do when you're competing with like Man States. City like, <laughs> yeah, fair enough
2: like why not yeah have, totally. you, have you got a dog you want to bring in <laughs> have you got any, any we get your dog you want to get
1: your dog exactly yeah my <laughs> goodness so uh, yeah Chelsea,
2: you're offering more of a like a bigger dog up front yeah and <laughs> they're actually offering a whole pack you
1: know. <laughs> Oh, indeed yeah, yeah. Oh,
2: but those... even Bellingham's not quite the right kind of player like they <laughs> need a fabulous I mean obviously he'll be, he'll be brilliant for them I know what you but mean. I think Lars mentioned it earlier like they need a, hmm. a Fabinho type basically yeah but... indeed they do indeed they do
1: chaps let's go all the way down to the bottom of the Premier League uh, everton one Southampton two now just one win in their last 13 games in all competitions for Frank Lampard and Everton. Uh, I mean, it's a phenomenal, fantastic, fabulous win for Southampton, um, Jim. But that is such a damning defeat for Everton. It really is. Because they'll look at the fixture list before this game and think, right, we're in the mire here. We need something. Ah, Southampton at home. And Southampton obviously just were put through their paces by Man City. Great win for them. And and Everton had more time to uh, to prepare. They, they they were more refreshed, you would say. And it's Southampton to go away with a point. Yeah,
4: I mean Everton just looked like a depressed institution at the moment, and it's quite an unusual thing to see, like a, an enti- an entity it be so just roundly in the doldrums. There's so little kind mm. of positivity there, and they they just look a bit rodless. Frank Lampard looks lost. Uh, in in the post match interviews, he he looks completely beleaguered. Obviously, this was a particularly difficult one for reasons we'll come on to. But um, well, you say that
1: they're it and it's depressing. It's way worse than that. It's toxic in the yeah, highest possible degree. You you could argue, well, maybe not the highest possible. You can get worse, but but you know, I mean, I mean, Lampard himself says, "I know I'm I'm not a miracle worker or the best coach in the world, but I know I can work as hard <laughs> I as I that. can." That is poof, that you know, you <laughs> see where his head is at, and and. You know, I personally feel sorry for the guy. Same. But then you see the protest after the game. And actually, they're not even targeting Lampard, which is normally the case, isn't it? They're targeting the board. This is an endemic thing at the club, which yeah. has been going on for so long, with so much money spent, with nothing to show for their well, efforts. Yeah,
4: clearly, I think the, the board's approach just does not work in the modern game, does it? And it's, it's telling that Everton fans for a long time it's have been piss it's poor, the
1: board Jim. they've been protesting against for a long, long time. It is, totally. it, is it is. But all, what, do you do? what do you do? This is the thing with, with Everton. We said, you know, a couple of months into the season, Oh, it's another write-off season. Yeah. West Ham,
3: Everton, job swap. West I, Ham manager job swap. Yeah, I'm sure Lampard sure, I'm to sure West,
1: West Ham. Ham Lampard to West
3: Ham, <laughs> Moyes to Everton. Come I'd on. watch. I'd watch that. Yeah. Channel yeah, Four. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Late night. Yeah. yeah.
3: Of just a freaky Friday. Suddenly mm. Lampard is inside David Moyes. No one.
2: <laughs> Don't care. But I think would anyone, you know, would anyone notice if they swapped personalities? At it's this a good point? point, actually. They are
1: both quite dour at this point, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Moy seems a bit more short of himself. I think <laughs> West Ham fans might have something to say about that. But there we
3: Who's, have. Which squad would you rather have? Well, oh, West Ham's
2: season. Ham. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'd have West Ham. I mean, someone, someone made. I know we're, we're kind of veering here, but someone made a really good point about West Ham. I can't remember who. Um, about like how they're in this situation, and yet they scored a goal earlier this season where. Declan Rice one of the most sought after English midfielders mm. passed it to Brazil's number 10 who crossed the ball for Italy's number 9 said <laughs> <Yes, yeah. laughs> so that shows it you, can't that away, right, yeah. Is, yeah. you can't you get that right
4: they're, they're, they're far better equipped to get themselves out of this situation absolutely mm. but with, with Everton though it, um, they're terrified of relegation aren't they the fans yeah. are ter- terrified of relegation because mm. they can see that that will be a disaster and they, they mm. could disappear for a long time
1: out of the Premier League well, and there's so many other examples of clubs where that's happened
2: but the, the the awkward thing for everton is the fact that in trying to avoid being in this situation for the last few years they've made themselves more susceptible mm. to catastrophe if they do go down do mm. you know what i mean because of the money they've spent because of the way their squad is at the moment and i don't know how a football club can do this but it seems like legitimately the only way they get out of this this rut, this, this mm. endless loop of misery is a reset. But what oh. does a reset look like? Well, they, for they, right? they do I it like...
4: every season, don't they? That's how it kind of feels. I, yeah. th- I suppose you, you, know, you <laughs> promote young players, you accept the fact that the result going to be difficult, but it's, you can't really do that when the, the stakes are this high, when they're that precarious. You have to do everything you can to stay up. So taking risks like that
1: suddenly isn't really an option for you.
2: Yeah, mm. I mean, they've, they've Col-
1: just been in this crappy position for so long and there are plenty of Everton fans who will remember them winning trophies, you know, challenging and all that kind of stuff in, in the 80s. I know it's a long time ago, but, but there will be enough people in that stadium who yeah. have a memory of that.
2: But but I, I don't think that matters at this point in time. In, in terms of like, you can't look at that club now, especially if you're a supporter of that club, and think anything is going no, no, no. well but it, it, but or let see me, any light. But let me
1: finish the point. So, it, you know... They have a, a very impressive history. One of the founding uh, teams of the of, of the flipping league, and all this kind of stuff. You know, this is a club rich in history, who a, a, a part of a fantastic footballing city. Whose local rivals? They've seen them time and again win the European Cup and or win the Champions League. All this kind of stuff. You know, they just think that when are we going to have a season where we get to the end of the end of the season, no matter what it is. And I know they're not under. I'm not saying they should be going for the tartan, and they're not saying that. But when you get to the end of the season, you kind of go, "That was a good season." That when, yeah. yeah. Brighton fans will go, oh man, that was a great season. Fulham fans, hopefully, will say at the end of this season, yeah, that was a good season. All those you can see, you're enjoying the football. Yeah. When have, when are they going to have that? Well, they,
4: their ceiling seems to be 8th does doesn't it? Which is the most they frustrating. They'd kill for eight. Yeah. Oh, they <laughs> Now, but yeah. like, even in the, 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 the supposed good times, and that is such a frustrating ceiling to not be be able to break into those European places. I know they'd kill for that now. But I mean, but I it's mean, so it's toxic. It's, though, it's getting out of hand there, you, isn't you, it? You
1: hear what all this stuff with 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 regards to the board. You know, they they are they, the real threat to safety and security. That's horrible horrible. You see them stopping the the, the, the players in the yeah. cars. It's horrible. You, that shouldn't be happening. And that's not going to help. Compare that to last season, even when, you know, towards the end of the season, the the, the team were getting the coach to the, the ground and the fans were there cheering them on and all that kind of stuff, which would have helped them propel them over the line. The way they celebrated staying up, you know, Lampard and he punching the air and so on, because there probably was a feeling of, oh, thank goodness we've done that. Right. Now we kick on. Mm-hmm. And this is worse than it was last season. It's, it's unbelievably bad.
2: Uh, Carl Picknell, who is um, an Everton fan and a sports writer, he wrote a piece about what it is like to be an Everton fan. Mm -hmm. And he likened it to um, (laughs) running for a a bus in the rain, having it drive off just as you get to the door and watching helplessly as a small boy gives you the finger through the window. (laughs) (laughs) It's a constant, relentless woe of everyday life encapsulated with the to and fro of a football team. Mm -hmm. I think... Genuinely, it's got to a place where it's worse than that. Yeah. And, and
1: again, the fact that they share a city yeah. with a team who, okay, this season they're not doing very well. Mm. But again, they won two trophies last season. And some people think they had a disappointing season last yeah. season. But Southampton themselves, you know, when you've got a player like James Ward Prowse who can produce moments like that, you've got a <laughs> chance. Yeah. I mean, and actually, him playing a bit further forward mm. is, is, is
4: paying dividends for them. It's just, just fantastic performance. And he really, really
1: led. And that's what they need at this point. Well, he's stepping up, you know. And and when he gets a free kick now, I mean, I know people scored Anthony Gordon for giving that one away, and, and so they should. But at Fulham the other week when Southampton came. You know he scored a great free kick. When they got given a free kick, I went, "Oh no!" Yeah, I was like, "This." It's almost like a penalty. You can't give him too many, can you? And, and what is he two uh, two goals away, free kick goals away from Beckham's record? Yeah, it's not wow. far off that, is it? It's it's just incredible.
4: And there's Mislav Orsic to come as well, who looks a, a, like a smart signing for Southampton. And and you know Nathan Jones's
1: tactics are starting to clearly yeah. clearly work because well, he's had a lot of criticism, an enormous amount of criticism. We talk about situations, you know, they're chanting for him out after a few games at Southampton. You know, so it's not all been roses there. But I mean, a cup win against Man City and then a win. Against against the team who are above you in the league. So said, are still bottom. That's the kind of thing that's going to help galvanise you.
2: Yeah, I was um, just on the Ward-Prowse, well, just I suppose on his new positioning as well. Like, you know, credit to a new manager come in, especially someone who's under pressure and thinking the guy who's been the focal point of everything through midfield, mm. getting further forward. Mm, yeah. I think I think maybe maybe people underestimate his, <laughs> yeah. Ward-Prowse's technical ability on the ball because obviously very good from set pieces. Quite an underage shit house as well. Yep. Loves a tackle, but getting him further forward. Mm. I know he didn't quite get the touch right for the for the first goal, but the but you know the, I suppose the, the effort to do it is why it came off. If that makes sense. Yeah. And the other thing to say for the free kick, I thought Pickford was abominable for that until I rewatched on the replay Mikolenko feigns to go back on the line mm-hmm. and then he somehow like gets his timings completely off mm-hmm. so he was supposed to have that yeah. side covered anyway and then well I thought it didn't quite work might out. have
1: done a bit better and then I saw it from another like a, all around see, and then I saw it from another angle and I thought actually yeah was it, I was just proper whip and pace
2: but Mikalenko runs to go back on the line yeah. and then stops halfway yeah. it's, it doesn't make any sense no but... it doesn't
1: yeah so yeah good win for Southampton. but I mean it's all to do down there I mean because, like, you know, obviously West Ham are in there. And West Ham, they are the side where you say, well, they're too good to go down. Mm. But they are kind of sleepwalking the way. I mean, Moyes, again, looks very comfortable in the, in the in the post-match. Ah, well, you know, these, these things happen. We, we'll be okay, or whatever words to that effect. But they're down there. Because, I mean, you know, Bournemouth have lost five of their last six and are still a point above. West Ham that's how bad it is you know obviously Wolves beating West Ham they, they, they go up there as well so you, you do worry for West Ham because you can't rely on that oh well we'll be okay we'll be okay mm. um, and especially when, when Nottingham Forest have suddenly found a little bit of something in the tank you know you, you saw the way they celebrate those goals oh, Brennan Johnson took his his goals superbly well Gibbs-White suddenly remembered that he's, you know, he's actually a really handy player
4: they're, there. they're a feel good coming of age movie but like they've all got
2: to know yeah. each other,
4: and now they are <laughs> thriving, and it's yeah. just beautiful. It's, yeah.
2: a, it's a little bit like multi-multi <laughs> million dollar, multi-multi uh, million pound Mighty Ducks. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you think they're going to stay up, Peter? Um, yes, I think they will. Okay, there's. I the... think they've got enough in the tank, personally. Well, they seem to be hitting a little bit of form at the right time. You know, again, a cup run will do that for you. Mm. Uh, and uh, yeah, so but who would
3: who would go down though? It'd be funny if it was. Well, I mean, it'd be very funny if it was Everton, West Ham, Southampton. Why, would, why would that be funny? Talk, to the, play, talk to the supporters of those clubs because they're just uh, they're, they're just always there, aren't
1: they? They're Are always they in the, in the top? West Ham nearly got to European the final last season. They did, yeah. Well, they're, so they're not always there.
2: Also, West Ham no, I mean, no, they're always in the there. league. Oh, they're always in the league. They're always in the top league for a long. Oh, I see what you mean. Oh, so
1: you want a kind of yeah. refresh? You, yeah, you want yeah. you want really some sort of new blood coming. I want
3: to see Everton fans going to a poor championship side with their new stadium <laughs> mm-hmm. with the air of a man who's turned up on the dance floor with a brand new shirt going why aren't the ladies talking to me we've yes. got a new stadium yeah. why aren't we winning matches I've got
2: loads of money got loads yeah, of money look at the state here <laughs> actually it's a good point one of the th- you know a lot of like media at the moment in terms of TV shows and movies are just remakes aren't they with new casts mm. yes. maybe that's what the Premier League needs exactly yeah <laughs>
1: Okay I like your I like thinking Bring one in of the... one of the
2: little ones from Stranger Things
1: <laughs> It does look like Burnley will go up though Would you like to see Burnley back? <sighs> it's all a bit <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. A bit underwhelming. Is that,
1: is that the remake you don't want to see? Yeah, I don't want them back I on. Is, I mean, is that um, Company and Bellamy, though, in charge. That's a little bit of something. Mm, that's, yeah. a,
2: that's a little bit like whatever Nicholas Lindhurst is about to do. <laughs> yeah. It's, <but> it's <laughs> Why the, is he still around? The,
3: well, he's, <laughs> back in, he's back in he's Fraser, Fraser, isn't he? Isn't he's like, that's it, I'm, yeah. That's it's, a surprise. An old show with an old actor. He's not
2: playing Fraser though. Right? <laughs> No, I think I think he is, isn't he? Really? Yeah. It's <laughs> another point. Oh
3: my god. No, he's playing. I don't know. He's, who he's playing, playing. Daffy. That's he's playing Daffley. Daffley.
2: There you go. That he's makes playing sense. that little yeah. dog who gets on the old man's chair. <laughs> oh dear. Look, I do, look We're
1: not going to end the show with blasts from the past and, and old characters coming back mm. to try and uh, refresh. But you did mention the championship. Yeah. Uh, and, and and Cardiff City, of course, are down there. Um, they're, they're 21st and they're three points from safety. And there are reports that Cardiff are uh, exploring bringing Neil Warnock out of retirement. <laughs>
2: Come amazing. On. It's, like, Come it's, on. it's, it's another, like they heard Mason's interview. With them. Oh, he's still around. Another, yeah, yeah.
1: another still podcast guy co- co- cut down in its prime.
2: <laughs> just, just as it was starting to get going. Oh, what a
1: shame. Yeah, Content I, creator. It's out. amazing. <laughs> the, the way it was reported was Cardiff are actively exploring bringing Neil Warnock out of retirement. And as uh, a, a rabble listener, Kieran, replied to uh, one of our tweets about this, I love how this headline is worded like Cardiff own him. It's like he's in a cryogenics box in the back. We're in the shit. Fuck it,
2: get me a warlock <laughs> out. Break glass. In case of emergency, break glass for warlock. Case of emergency, break glass. <laughs> <laughs> I was enjoying my retirement. Uh, Six
1: out of it. ten. I've put my, hey, ju- I've put my jumper
3: th- on so, so I feel the benefit when I'm in the cryo chamber.
1: Uh, lovely old job. Oh, we want to see it, don't we? we always want to see yeah. it <laughs> so, they'll be promoted within months there we are everybody thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble part of the Acast Granger Network I'm better off well. out
3: of stasis if I'm honest
1: <laughs> it's been a pleasure you having don't want you to warm up, up too quickly in case of shrinkage thank you very much Jim Campbell <laughs> you're welcome thank you Pete Dolson <laughs> goodbye everyone thank you Vituja Roger. tossed
2: salads and scrambled eggs
1: <laughs> thank you Neil Warnock see you soon